I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So then I should have been We're going aunties. when I was 16. <laughs> auntie is I'm mentality. I can be in denial if you want. We are I the essence fest demographic. I feel like 30 when you're 30. Okay. I have a yeah. Whatever helps you sleep at night. Two whole years. <laughs> Welcome to Job Logs a podcast that features candid conversations with young professionals about work, life, and everything in between. Hi there, I am Joy Marie. I'm Courtney. And this is Job Blogs. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Greetings. If you are tuning in for the very first time, we're so excited to have you. Um, or digital mark. Well, Courtney's a digital marketer. I'm a regular marketer here in New York City, and we've been doing the show for a little while. Yeah, so we like think of it as like your coworkers, colleagues, G chat conversations. Yes, put into a podcast. Exactly, and we talk yes. about career, we talk about work, but we, you know, we try to keep it real. We've been friends yeah. since high school now, mm-hmm. um, and we both moved to the city, so. If you don't have a little crew that you could talk to about work, stuff you're dealing with with your boss and stuff, consider us your girlfriends. Yes. So here's how it works. We have our full-length episodes where we talk to amazingly dope young professionals. And Mm -hmm. then we have our little mini bite-sized episodes in between every other week to give you just really great takeaways to empower you on your career journey. Yes, yes. And if you're looking for somewhere to start, I highly recommend episode 13. We talked to a career coach from General Assembly and Forbes, um, she laid down the law in terms of getting a raise and negotiating your salary. Yeah. Oh, my God. People have, like, come up to us and said they've already gotten raises and promotions. So that would be an excellent start. Um, But, yeah, we usually kick off the episode with a few updates. So coming up in the rest of this episode, we're actually joined today with one of our other career-savvy girlfriends here, Erin. The illustrious Erin Styles. Hello. Hi there. Welcome back. Thanks. So Erin was actually a guest on episode two. She joined us to talk about her career in CorpCom, corporate communications, media, entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was an awesome episode, so go back and check it out. But yeah, we're just going to be kicking it in the studio, having fun. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be a good time. Um, And so we are going to be talking about everything from applying to jobs internally, if you work at a company or you're looking at applying at other opportunities, taking some listener questions, um, and just talking about accountability and how we kind of do that as, as friends. We've all been friends since, like, high school. Also, March 5th, New York City. March 5th, market. Stamp it. Yes. RSVP. It's going down. To what? (laughs) We are having our anniversary event, and we are super, super excited. It is going to be an improv brunch. So I know some of y'all been asking, like, what is improv? Why an improv brunch? What? Yeah. So (laughs) people don't know what improv is? Yeah, some people don't. Like, I've been asked what improv is. So, Erin, you introduced me to improv. Remember that? Yeah, I think so. What was that show? Obsession of mine. 
Do you remember the show we went to? You took me. Well, to? we went to Upright Citizens Brigade Theater on Twenty Third Street okay. or Twenty Seven, something like that. It was Donald Glover, who's yeah. now childish can be no, but we went to see mm-hmm. him when he was like very indie. Former NYU RA. Yeah. Oh, was he really? Mm-hmm. He, he was my friend NYU. Nicole's RA. Oh, nice. Or like nice. in her building. So improv essentially is just like acting and thinking on your feet and mm-hmm. responding to react like situations real time. And like you're given like a scene and you have to add to it and kind of just respond to it in the moment. And the reason we thought it'd be cool to do an improv brunch is because a lot of those skills can be applied directly to work. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if your boss says something out of left field to you in front of all your coworkers, you know, these are skills you can use to apply to reacting to that situation in the moment. Yes. Also brainstorm. Brainstorm. Also, you know, networking, conversation. (laughs) Collaborating with team members. Yes. Yes. Just keep you generally on your toes. Yes. All things we are going to learn. So check it out. It's going to be such a good time and tickets will absolutely sell out. So get yours at joblogs.com slash improv brunch. We can't wait to see you there. What's the brunch going to be? Keisha's a cheese board, charcuterie. Charcuterie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a word that I learned when I started working in New York City. Yes, I learned charcuterie at work as well. Let me tell you something. I'm using that. That's new to my vocab. So now it's time to clock in, which is a segment of the show where we check in on each other's sort of professional growth development, what we're dealing with. Um, so, Courtney, what's going on with you? Um, so I feel like the year is officially, you know, not started. It's the year now. Yeah. It's not the beginning anymore. Yeah, I'm so, still saying Happy New Year, though. No, stop. <laughs> we had this conversation at my job after the 31st. 30 days in January. 30, 31 but what days if, in January. What if yes, it's the after first time that, talking no more. to somebody? What if it's your first time then speaking to someone? Then you're just mad late. <laughs> <laughs> moved on. Okay. <laughs> it's not the time. All right. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I had a lot of low energy at the beginning of the year. Mm. I was just, I think it was because of the break between semesters. I just, like, I went from having everything to do mm. to nothing to yeah. do. And I was just like, at I felt guilty that I wasn't doing anything, That's but at the same time, was angry at everyone who was productive. Cause <laughs> it was just horrible. I had a very productive. It was January. just a horrible. I know that's why I didn't talk to you. Uh, but oh Lord, <laughs> it was just a very weird yeah, yeah, headspace. Yeah. But yeah. I finally got out of it. Okay, cool. And I think it was like sometimes you have to force yourself out of like mm. when you get into a funk, like mm. you're just like, like oh, I'll just wake up tomorrow and I'll just yeah. Just yeah amped about doing stuff. Yeah. It's like now you have to get up and like, yes, I would like to just keep the Netflix yeah, marathon yeah, yeah. rolling. <laughs> but. but we're gonna choose enthusiasm <laughs> and happiness and we're gonna go get it. Right, and right. And now I'm here. Yeah, I hear you. Get I hear you. Totally relate to that. Well, I had a great um, month so far. Like, February is kicking off really well, which is very excited. I got promoted at work. I through the grape. Yes, so exciting. Yeah. Um, really, really, really excited about my new role, and it's going to be, like, more of a manager role. And so it's interesting because already with my new boss, it's like – I have to shift gears from being more, um, like, executing things more. So just, like, being given direction and just doing and think more strategically. Like, I get a Mm. lot more emails now that are like, hey, you know, um, I took a look at this or talked to this partner. Give this some thought and get back to me with some, you know, some recommendations in, like, you know, a couple weeks. Like, it's not, like, 
do this tomorrow mm-hmm. or have this, this for this deadline. Yeah. yeah, it's much more strategic, I guess. And so that is a shift for me. And so, you know, if anyone has recommendations on how to kind of be more managerial and kind of rise up from executing and coordination, I would warmly welcome them. Um, something also I talked to you about, Courtney, is like, so I was, you know, I was very productive in January, but I had mm-hmm. my own form of pettiness. <laughs> okay. And that was just, I realized, like, I had to unfollow a lot of people on social media. And mm-hmm. I mean, like, people who are doing, like, really cool stuff, people I totally respect. But I would find myself, like, getting, like, a little jealous or, you know, comparing. Mm-hmm. And I realized, like, I am who I am. I'm not going to change. So I'm going to just go ahead and unfollow you now because... You know, petty as, as that might be, like that, the energy wasn't good. And yeah. the way I was interacting, even though it's like positive stuff people were doing, mm-hmm. wasn't good. So I had to just like be real with myself and kind of remove myself from a couple situations. Yeah, yeah I feel like you got to know yourself, know your worth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll speak to that too with my like, you know, f- beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, when I was like reacting that way to yeah. like people's wonderful views. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is me. Yes, <laughs> like, this exactly. is me. I want to unplug for a bit. Right. Because it's like, this is completely uncalled for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, I was um, forced to shut down my social media, and it's actually been a blessing. Yeah. Actually, not having Facebook. Yeah. Not having Instagram. Yeah. Um, I still have Snapchat because that's more of a one-way conversation. Yeah, right. You like, don't have to don't have welcome to any comments. Yes. I mean, people continue individual snaps, but yeah. um, it's just it clears the mind. In I what feel way? more focused. How does it feel? Yeah, tell, tell me. Tell well, me. it's different because it, for me, it wasn't so much a choice, but mm-hmm. um, I'm able to focus on different mm-hmm. things. Yeah. They might not be necessarily productive things, but yeah. things that I lost track of like yeah. marathoning things on netflix or the yeah. first thing i do in the morning is check facebook and instagram mm. um getting you know i deleted facebook and instagram but twitter re-engaging yeah. with that platform and their moments yeah. and all the different types of things and checking it's out crazy different how areas. much time we don't even know we're spending Listen. on social media yeah it's like insane like well maybe- they build it that way that endless scroll you just get caught <laughs> up and you just keep going no, that's true. a tactical user yeah. experience yeah. that they insert into it that's true um so i read this funny article on huffington post that i feel like is completely my life now and it was 17 changes every woman goes through in her late 20s did you see that hear it (laughs) um well a few of the key points i mean there were a lot of really good ones that were like 100 percent my life right now but a few of the key ones were um that you start to have just like a true few group of friends and you two are obviously in mine but you drift away from a lot of people and like i don't know about y'all but like Post-college, getting over the 25 hump, like, I am finding that to be so true. Like, there are just people in my life. And it's, like, totally okay, but, like, we just grew apart. We're just not in the same space. You know, like, they'll hit me up and talk about things. I'm just, like, I don't even care or, like, this feels very gossipy or whatever. There's just – I don't know if you guys feel that way, but it's just, like, certain things that I'm finding myself drifting away from, not even intentionally. I think that's certainly a common thing that people say in the meme social media world of I'm going to be focused on these these people. I'm <laughs> removing all these people from my life. So mm-hmm. it kind of seems like something that we hear all the time mm-hmm. that people are doing, even if it's real, it has come become a little bit cliche. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing myself, I've always been very, very slow to use the term friend. 
Mm. Um, I was gonna say I feel like I've been in my late twenties mm. for ten years. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Welcome everyone else. Really? To the life. Yeah. Oh. I think I actually have more friends now at this point in my life than I did at other times. I yeah. think that might be more of a personal thing in terms mm-hmm. of feeling more secure in who yeah. I am and comfortable with other people. Yeah. But I I always was really quick to use the word associate mm. yeah. to That's people's true. faces. That's true. They had a couple other ones, just like your body failing you. I mean, mm-hmm. that's me all the way. Like yeah. Friday so nights so are not what they out, used to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, you know what? I embrace the wash life. Like wash I really life. I really do. Like I'm not mad. <laughs> like, what is the wash life wash for people who might not like, know what you're talking yes, about? Yes, that's just like what washed up. <laughs> basically that's the root word i believe and it's just like you don't like you be on the scene like yeah. always knowing what's happening yeah. and as you get older like you're no longer that 18 to 24 demographic that right. makes everything cool right so it's just life takes on a slower pace it does like you're not going out several times a week you are you know and i i know things like even <laughs> with what's that governor's ball and oh my like gosh. the roots picnic coming like yes. i would love to go to the roots picnic but i know i'm gonna be over it by like 2 p.m I had that realization was made in America last year. Uh, yeah. I want, like, in my mind, I wanted to be there and I wanted to I, be about right? it. But, but the reality yourself. of <laughs> yeah. preteens and children running across and yeah. muddy, like, it just, I couldn't. So, that's. Unless I have VIP seating, then it's okay. Right. <laughs> so, then what is the difference between those and Essence Fest for you, where you, which you said is for aunties? Also a festival. I mean, Essence Fest, first of all, it's paved streets in New Orleans, okay? Like, and you have a seat. True. Nobody's a romping seat. up in no fields of grass or mud or anything. You have a seat. Which makes it Critical. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's like the artists are like a cute two-step. Like, it's throwback to the 90s and stuff. It'd be like Usher. You know? No, Usher is <laughs> considered a, a throwback is. old yes. artist. Yes. Wow. Yes. Usher. That's you how you know, know your team wash. When I went to L.A., <laughs> you don't they, have, they have like a millennial hip-hop station mm-hmm. and i was just like oh my god i have a grown and sexy station like that was a moment for me because like it was all like millennial hip-hop. Yeah. music like yeah. and it was enough to be like a station yes exactly like, yeah, yeah. going to these children's stations yeah this is mine So this segment is where we share a rant, rave, or review for a product, a service, a tool, or experience, anything that's positively or negatively impacting our professional lives. Mm-hmm. So the goal is like to give you the tip to make yours better or yes. you know, to avoid that. Yes, and please, y'all tweet us, email us, send us your rants, raves, and yes, reviews we too. Could do like a feature, yes. user rant, rave review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. What are you doing? I am raving, mm. sharing the podcast love. Nice. Um, there's this new podcast. They only have like three episodes. It's called Still Buffering. Mm. Um, it's real life sisters, um, and they help bridge the gap between teenagers of yesterday and today. So one of them is like, I'm an assuming in her 20s or mm-hmm. late 20s. I yeah. think she's a doctor. Okay. And then the other one is a teenager. Yeah, she's like 15 or something. Yeah. Her little sister. And I... <laughs> We, had to and we went back and forth because it is fascinating. I jumped in on the episode 
um, how to communicate. Mm-hmm. And the girl talks about, first of all, the group texts these kids are doing are fabulous. Yeah. It's like a pop-up shop, like you're in it for a couple <laughs> months and then it disappears. Like an exclusive, like, I, like It was riveting for me. Yes. Like, right yes. And then speaking of washed, <laughs> then the sister's like explaining like how things used to go. And right. the girl is just like mortified about... Like, you have to call the house phone and then ask your friend's parent to speak to them. She was like, yeah, so I have to we speak to an adult? Like, I have to yeah. talk to them? <laughs> That's so sad. It is sad. Yes. We used to do that all the time. You call or you dial someone in on three-way, and oh, then yes. your mama picks up the house phone and yeah. is like, get off the phone, boy. Like, it's crazy that yes. they can't relate at all. It's like, I find that generation so fascinating. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it's fun for, like, a laugh, but it's also if you're doing, like, some market research or something on, <laughs> on the, the little children, babies. On the children. Get into it because mm. they are just different. Yeah, they it was really good. It yeah. was really, really What's good. What's the name of it again? Still Buffering. Yeah. I liked when she was like um, talking about pen pals. She was like, pen pals? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, why would you ever write somebody a letter? Oh my God, that was the best in elementary <laughs> school when I moved from Texas to Maryland, my fourth grade classes. At both schools, oh, we became cute. pen pals. You had pen pals. Yeah, the whole class. My old oh. class in Texas became pen pals with my class in Maryland. Girl, who were you writing? It was amazing. Though? I was writing other kids, right? A former oh. classmate of mine, and then these oh. my new classmates were writing my old ones somewhere else. What were you thinking? Pedophilia? No, no, just prison. <laughs> I didn't I just, that well, that's that's not as <laughs> prison that much lighter than pedophilia. <laughs> I mean, I, I had always wanted a prison pen pal, but we don't need to get into okay. that. Okay, all right. <laughs> Are you ranting, raving, or reviewing? Um, I am ranting. I'm getting back to my ranting roots. How fun. Let me tell y'all something. If Mm. you have a function, an event, a party, a workshop, a seminar, anything that is highlighting a prominent panel of speakers on your flyer, on your website, on your event RSVP page. Okay. If they are all cocaine white, mm. hex code FFFFFF, mm-hmm. CMYK 0000, 255, I'm not coming. I'm not coming anymore. Like, I am sick mm. of people having panels, and it'd be like 20 people on the panel. And not one of them is a person of color. Yeah, Like, it's ridiculous. It's getting so ridiculous. And I feel like with the Oscars and everything, um, and just, like, not having any people of color nominated, like, now more than ever, I really feel like taking a stance against this. And I feel like we need to start boycotting these functions and just not going. So unless I have to go for work. you know, I was, because this is going to speak to my hired and fired later Mm. in the show, so Mm -hmm. tuned. But when I was thinking about it, like, even with the Oscars being the all-white, like, it's just weird. Like, at it's the end weird. of the day, it's not about, like, even... It's just weird. Like, the world isn't all-white people, so why would you have yeah. that reflected in anything? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, it just... It's, it's so weird. homogenous, and it's just, like, I don't even under... Like, walk outside, pick a person of color, any color. Like, pick any color. Just, like, it just doesn't make sense. But I think it's indicative of people's... Um, social groups yeah and people are going to put people on panels that they know yeah and speaks to larger socioeconomics and all of that i'm not i'm certainly not saying i think it's right yeah i I agree completely yeah but it's just interesting how on the flip side women Mm. 
there's also an issue with having women on panels too yeah. and it's like let's just have more diversity across that's true the board. Yeah. that's true no i, I don't like right. i don't want to go to a panel where it's just a bunch of men either yeah no i and i feel like i've been noticing a lot of that more and it's like i, I just wasn't woke to this stuff or i just didn't pay attention the same way but now i see it everywhere and i'm like it just doesn't make any sense because everybody up there is just gonna have a propensity for sameness talk yeah. about the same things yeah. in the same way like why would you do that and it's i think i mean i get the social circles but mm -hmm. then you also have a responsibility if you're going to position yourself as a curator of mm -hmm. anything or if you're going to position yourself as like the industry leaders or influencers or whatever to a person who is like curating platforms yes. and panels yeah. and films and all this stuff you have to take on the responsibility of saying I have to go outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. Like, I have to challenge my world view. Yeah, you do. And I think that's really what's missing. Yeah, because your audience and consumer, chances are they're not that homogenous. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of a time actually on Instagram, I was following this page and it was like, I don't know, it was like some florist page or something. You know, like these Pinterest like DIY, yeah. like mm -hmm. really beautiful space things. It was like an account like that. Um, and they had like tens of thousands of followers and they were promoting a panel. And I think there were about like 20 women panelists on there. It was a women-centric page mm -hmm. and they were all white. So I commented something like, you know, this seems really exciting, but a little disappointed at the lack of diversity here. Girl and I got into like a four page letter yeah, <laughs> explaining to her. And I was like, I'm looking, I'm scrolling through your followers and I see so many women of color. So I'm just telling you honestly that as a woman of color, to not see myself represented here is like, yeah. it almost feels like an intentional jab. Mm -hmm. Like it hurts almost. Mm -hmm. um, and she did respond yeah. well eventually. But yeah, I think. Didn't she open it with like, I'm removing your comment for yes. negativity? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> she was like, I'm deleting your comment because it's negative. So I had to email her on the side and be like, no, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just telling you honestly, mm -hmm. as a person that was very excited about your page, I'm now going to unfollow you. And like, but here's the larger, broader issue that's going on here. So. Guys, if you're planning anything, I know it's not the type of thing people inherently think about sometimes. Yeah. Just be mindful of that. Just make sure you're kind of spreading it across, representing everybody, speaking to everyone. Erin, um, what are you doing? Um, I'm doing a rave. Okay. Um, about Tone It Up, Ooh. which is a fitness community that started online with social media with these fabulous women named Karina and Katrina. Nice. Um, they had a briefly run bravo show and full disclosure um i helped with the pr for that show when it aired cool. um, a couple of years ago but i was a fan of theirs even before that show came on the air so pretty much they're two amazing strong fit confident women that don't just push fitness and mm. healthy eating but strong relationships between women mm. um, I which i think is the foundation of everything that they do so then they're able to spread that wide now I've able, been able to take what their message is mm -hmm. and, you know, I love meal prepping. Mm. I love working out. It's so easy. They want you to work out two times a day, which is can be a little <laughs> ridiculous, but it can be fun too. Yeah. But it's helped me, you know, perform better at work. 
oh, really? you know, when you start your day positively, you know, I'm going to wake up. I'm mm-hmm. going to do my booty call, which is what they call their AM <laughs> workouts. Like I'm getting out of bed. My alarm set for 630. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take my bombshell bomb um, Meta D shot, which is really yummy. It just gets your metabolism going. Mm-hmm. It has like pineapple juice or apple juice and um, apple cider vinegar mm. and cayenne pepper. And your metabolism is just ready to go. And it's just so exciting. You, you know, it's a large community. And again, it's targeted to women. Yeah. And you're on Instagram using different hashtags yeah. like hashtag TIU team or TIU meals. You track your meals. Mm-hmm. People take beautiful pictures. But a lot of women are, you know, if they have a rough day and they didn't work out that day you don't feel guilty about it Mm. um you post it and say it wasn't up for it today xyz happened and you have this long list of women that have clicked the hashtag and the Mm. search and and saying like you can do it like i have days like that i love that let's keep going i mean i've definitely seen the transformation in you i feel like i'm of the camp that doesn't know how beneficial doing all of that would actually be to my everyday because I wake up super sluggish like it is tough it is a battle every morning yeah I get to that. get up and get to work so I mean like you talking about your metabolism being jump-started and just having more productive days at work is really fascinating and obviously seeing your whole fitness transformation I think the accountability is really helpful mm, because, again, yeah. you have people that are supporting you if you do poorly. But yeah. seeing all these young women that are waking up, you wake up and you look at your Instagram feed or Twitter yeah. or they're tweeting, they're liking your photos yeah. like Karina and Katrina. And you're mm-hmm. able to see that they're encouraging and supporting you. They have a beautiful blog at ToneItUp.com that they just um, revamped. And they talk about themselves. They will give great fitness tips, really fun meals. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. Awesome. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. that wonderful time of the episode for Ask Job Blogs. Ask Job Blogs is our advice segment where we take your questions about life, your career, whatever else you're dealing with, um, and we respond to them as best as we can. We also open them up to our community on our website, jobblogs.com, to respond to in case others have experience. So as always, you can send your questions to us at jobblogs.com slash askjobblogs, and we're going to dive right in here. Okay, our first question comes from Anonymous, and he or she asks, what's the best way to apply to an internal job opening at your company? Um, Well, I just did this, and I have done it a couple times at my company. So I think the first step is to research your company's process, um, just because some companies have, like, a very formal way that they want you to do it, Mm -hmm. um, and that just varies by company. So there isn't, like, a one-size-fits-all answer there. Um, But for a lot of companies, that process will include 
talking to your boss or getting some kind of approval from your current manager in order to move to another role in the company. Mm. So as a best practice either way, it's a good idea to just have a conversation with your manager, tell them about the role that you're looking to apply to, um, and really get their support because sometimes they actually have some decision-making influence over you getting that new job. Um, I would also say, like, have informational interviews with the people in the department that you're interested in applying to. Yeah, because you want to learn. I mean, you want your name to be on their radar, but you also want to learn about kind of what they do and how that varies maybe from what you're doing and just overall, like, just get a better sense of the department and everything. Um, And then I think lastly, just like uh, treat the whole process like you would an external job application process, like take it very seriously. Don't assume that because you're, you know, an internal candidate that Mm -hmm. you're going to have preferred, um, you know, access to the job or anything like that. A lot of times you will be interviewing against other internal candidates and external candidates. So you really need to like stand apart and show that you're taking the whole process seriously. Um, while I haven't done this, I think another thing to consider is um, you should just be open and, and see what else is at your company from the beginning, even if there's not another opportunity, if you're interested. Mm. So your boss should know even before that there's a specific job that, hey, I'm interested in growing. I want to mm. know everything about X company mm. um, and do, be doing those informationals and learning and connecting with people outside of your department. That's such a good point, though, because sometimes like it's not going to be an ex- it's not going to be like posted as a job like sometimes people will create a role knowing you expressed interest in it or when they do create something they'll think of you first and kind of partner with you to build out that new function or team so that's a great point frank <laughs> <laughs> um okay why are internet comments so intense? I wouldn't know because I don't look at them. So I intense. Do. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Yeah. So do you like, mean like why do they make the people that they're about um, feel a certain type of way or why are the writers of the comments so intense? I both. Like, so I was, you know, Rihanna released her single, work, um, work, 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 work. And I was reading an article that was talking about. Um, you know, people misunderstanding the Jamaican patois, basically, and that she's not saying gibberish. And so I'll scroll down to the comments, which Courtney has advised me not to do, but for some reason I ended up down there. And I realized there's, like, this formula for the comments. Like, it's not just, like, people stating their opinion. It's, like, Someone's you dumb first. imbecile. <laughs> like, it's, like, insult, opinion, and then another insult at the end. And it's always, like, an attack of character. And I'm just, like, why are y'all so intense? Or people will be, like, you're so retarded. And then be, like, you fool. You can't. That's, that's disrespectful <laughs> yeah. and not political. <laughs> like, why is everything so deep? Well, the... Often the first one is someone saying that they're the first person to comment, too. Which I don't care. <laughs> and I just and realized not. that LB is, like, like back, I think. Oh, gosh. Like, that's too much. Back. Oh, right, I have to be fun. I don't know. Ugh, I love internet comments. Do you? Because, they just, because it's, <laughs> it's a so bunch terrible. of internet keyboard gangsters that are so insecure and their only way that they're able to feel better about themselves is to go in there and act all big and tall 
in the comments instead of just they're not creating anything any art they're not confident enough to put something out there and have it critiqued by others or it's not even that deep and people are just bored and it's a way to to pass the time because I don't think everyone needs to be psychoanalyzed in that way (laughs) sometimes I just I just needed to understand why that's too much you I heard talk about, about the guy, um, his wife divorced him after she found out he was an internet troll. <gasps> I heard about this. Oh yeah. my gosh, that is epic. And then he wouldn't stop. Like, after she said it, she was like, stop yeah. doing this. And he's he like, wouldn't. I can't. Yeah, it was like his it's therapy. It's a form of addiction. Yeah. Oh, therapy. All right, we have another question also from Anonymous, which I think is very normal when we're talking about work. Um, This one says, I'm one year fresh from my bachelor's and luckily have been working in search engine marketing. I'm now looking to transition into social media, but I'm being met with the hurdle of experience. I feel like my digital marketing skills are transferable and I have over five years of fashion experience working in styling, copywriting, editorial, and retail. My question is, should I take an accredited course in social media or what would you suggest? To be honest, I think a qualification is pointless. If I had a blog, I could probably get the job and I have started a blog. So, Courtney, you are in social media and digital marketing. What say you? Um, Yeah, I think it's totally doable, especially you're in a field that's so closely aligned with social media. Yeah. So, good job on the blog. I would expand your thinking to also reach out to entrepreneurs, small businesses, mm. and see if you can do the social for them. Because you really want to build up the portfolio so you can say, this, I've done this. And mm. not just, I have a blog, but mm. I've executed social media campaigns for businesses. Mm, and yeah. here's the results of that. Yeah. So I would do that. And I would also just be flexible when you're looking for a new position, especially when you're transitioning to something new. Mm-hmm. Think about maybe you will have to take a step back. Like maybe you won't have a job that's like right on par with your manager position yeah. in this field. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. have to be willing to cope with that. Also look at smaller companies. Um, there are a lot of times they're much more willing to kind of take a risk on someone. Mm-hmm. So that's something that this person can do, like, even before getting a full-time job is, like, consulting for smaller yeah, companies Yeah, definitely. And, and people are so hungry for that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I love that. Um, I think when I read this, I my question not being in social media is just, like, what – social is so broad to mm-hmm. me. So, like, I think also figuring out what exactly in social you want to do is it, like – audience development, content development, community management. Yeah. yeah, when she said taking a course, I mean, I was like, you don't need an accreditation. <laughs> but if you need, like, to just get more familiar yeah. with the field, it may yeah. be good to, don't pay a lot of money, but, like, go to something that'll kind of show you the breadth of what's out there. Yeah. So I took the liberty, just because I'm not as familiar, of looking up a couple social media manager job descriptions. Um, And I did that because I think a great exercise for anybody trying to jump into a new field is like that research. Um, And what I do is I like to look, I like to download a bunch of job descriptions for jobs I'm probably not even interested in applying to, but roles that are the same as what I'm going for. Mm -hmm. And then I like to just highlight the common recurring buzzwords and themes, and that's like the form of research. And then you take that and you look at your own resume and you pretty much figure out where those gaps are and what you and you can fill those gaps a number of ways. So yes, a course could be a way you fill that, but you know, you could do that like Courtney said by building your portfolio, freelancing and doing work for other clients. Like you can get that outcome a number of different ways. 
So here's one I found, which was social media manager at the New York Times. And it says, you know, plan, build, and execute bid-managed ads across social platforms, such as Facebook, LinkedIn, Snapchat, and Twitter. It talks about monitoring campaigns and optimizing for performance using analytics, managing a campaign calendar. Um, And so when I was reading that, like, it was interesting because I didn't see anything that was, like, expertise in the software or, you know, know how to use this tool. Like, it wasn't really about that. It seems, and Courtney, you can speak to this, I don't know, but it seems like more important to demonstrate an ability to like manage across different platforms and also make strategic recommendations that make sense for those specific platforms. Yeah, I think it's about understanding platforms mm-hmm. more than using a specific tool because mm-hmm. you can always end up on the job, but understanding how platforms work. And for social media, a lot of people don't realize you need like your writing needs to be on point. Writing, you need yeah. To understand how to like read something or consume content comprehensively mm-hmm. so that you can pull out like, oh, this is what's going to really play on social. Yeah. And then like the analytics piece to me, that's like, essentially assessing the performance of something and then making very informed recommendations about either how to pivot to get a better result or how to keep doing something to grow it. So anyway, all that to say, like, I feel like, you know, those are probably skills that you are already doing in search engine um, marketing and optimization. And so just figure out where you can transfer those things and let us know how it goes. Good luck. So this is the segment of the show where we give a positive nod to folks in pop culture and media that are either really killing the game, we're really impressed with them, or we serve up termination papers to people who aren't. And you can see the whole team, our whole staff, at jobwogs.com payroll. For all our new listeners, disclaimer, we don't actually employ any of these people. But, you know, if we had an imaginary mm-hmm. camp company, we might. Yes. So, Courtney, what are you doing? I'm hiring. Hiring. Yes. Nice. Courtney, you've never fired anyone. Have I never fired anyone? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You have a great track record. Um, But who are you hiring? Beyonce. Every day, every hour. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The season is upon us, though. I was wondering how long it would take to get, I know. To get here. We recorded this the day after Formation dropped, and I've been just like several people who don't care have had to listen to me. Um, but no, uh, we're going to, I'm hiring April Rain, a.k.a. Oh. Rain of April okay. on Twitter. Okay. Um, she created the hashtag Oscar So White. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, the yeah the Oscars will be at the end of this month when mm-hmm. this episode drops. Mm-hmm. Um, and if in case you missed it, there will be a staple of actors in attendance <laughs> waiting for a coveted prize. None of these actors are minorities. Yeah, or non at all. Folks. Um, and it's the second year on the road this has happened. Mm-hmm. And the Oscars have been just dealing with PR hell. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot in part to this Oscars so white hashtag. And I listened to an interview April did, more podcasts left. She was on Fan Bros oh, nice. podcast. Nice, I have to check that out. Yeah, um, and she talked about how the hashtag started. It really started, like most hashtags do, it started as a joke. She yeah. was like, Oscar's so white, 
they try and touch my hair, like stuff like that. <laughs> and but she saw the opportunity to kind of shift the discussion mm-hmm. when it happened the second year, and mm-hmm. people were like, Ben weren't even trying to laugh about this mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. So it's then not funny. the hashtag shifted to like all these conversations mm-hmm. online to kind of host those, mm-hmm. and it's spurring great conversations, not just on Twitter. Like yeah. I watched. Uh, Hollywood Reporter did a great video Mm -hmm. with a lot of minority creators talking about what it's like to work in the industry. Mm -hmm. The Oscar themselves are changing their membership rules now to kind of usher in more youth and minorities and things like that. Yeah, I don't know that that was the right approach, but I think think their willingness to respond so quickly is admirable. I really do. Mm-hmm. I they could have waited until after the awards aired, mm-hmm. and then yeah. let's let's work on this for next year. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're also like fifty years late, but that's fine. Yeah, but I mean <laughs> it's a good point though. Like the yeah. the membership reflects like who was empowered to make stories, so it's going to skew in a certain direction. Yeah, yeah. So I can get the need to kind of like shake up how people are yeah. accepted into that. Yeah. And it's really fascinating um, how long people can be members of the oh academy. Oh my god, yeah. Um, if you worked in it for X number yeah. of years, you're a member for life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even if you haven't made anything since the 1960s. <laughs> yeah, and some of them are so salty. They are. They are really give up their Yeah, there's a lot of people who have, I'm just like, where is your publicist? Why are you talking? <laughs> But I mean, you. I've also seen like really more nuanced conversations with mm-hmm. like creatives happening. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do diversity? Is it through like yeah. changing the membership? Yeah. Is it making? Is it through casting? Yeah. Is it through is hiring it more filmmakers? Right, like, how do you right. do that? And I think those are really great conversations yeah, to have. That's true. In public, so mm-hmm. the fact that they're happening, yeah, and a lot of it has to do with that hashtag. So yeah. it's great, and it's yeah. a great reminder that you know people say, oh, it's just social media. It doesn't matter, but. Like, there are ripple it's effects powerful, to it. yeah. I love so, it. Cheers to April. Well, it has been a wonderful episode. A wonderful chit-chatty episode. Yes, thank y'all so much for I tuning in I want to say goodbye. <laughs> it goes by so fast <laughs> every know. single time. Um, but as always, you can find us around the web. We're at joblogs.com. You can get tons of great articles, resources there, as well as all of the links that we mention in our episodes mm-hmm. um, right on the website. We are also around the web on social media at Joblogs, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. Yeah. So connect with us. We love to hear from y'all. We respond every time. Yes. We're, we're not Hollywood. <laughs> We like Not to talk yet. to people. Right. We'll never be. I mean, I'm always, I personally, my vow is I will always respond to you. Um, we appreciate you we got this y'all. on record. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I love, like, to me, like, the two-way conversation is the best part. Mm-hmm. And although this is super fun, like, it's, you know, we don't get to hear from you guys. So mm-hmm. tweet us, reach out. Um, Courtney, where are you on the web? I am at Cleave Out Loud, um, Instagram, Twitter, Occasionally I snap mm-hmm. every once and again. When you have the time. Yeah. What about you, Erin? I'm huge on Snapchat mm-hmm. at she is Aaron. Nice. And I am Hey Miss Parker, M-I-S-S-P-A-R-K-E-R-R on the same places. Um, don't forget to rate and review us if you enjoyed the episode. You can search on the iOS podcast app for job logs and then mm-hmm. hit review um, and leave us a rating and review there. Um, you can also like find us on the iTunes store on your desktop and do the same. 
As always, thanks to you, Erin, for joining us. Had a a really good time with you. Always have a good time with you ladies. Yes, and thanks to our producer, Adrian Wagner. Many thanks to our studio here in New York City, Visionary Media. And thanks to you. Yes, the listener. We do it all for you. Yep, and you know, do something cool this week for Black History Month or for the Lunar New Year. Stay black, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) But do. Do some fun. Send us a picture. Till next time. So, y'all know my Uber rating is like a 4.2. I've talked to you about this. Yeah. I don't under... What's what's yours? I think it's 4.7. I forgot because I don't care that much, but it's higher than that. <laughs> yeah, 4 point... You said 4.2? 4. 4.2. That's, That's really low. That means you're getting, you've gotten world. like a, a 3 at some point. But why? <laughs> I'm so friendly. Like, I'm not rude do at all. Do you come out immediately or do you make them wait? Um, that's a good point. I think that I might mean, be a big part of wait, it. But they write you when you get out the car, right? Like they no don't longer. forget. <laughs> they don't forget. Uber never. That's right. Don't you rate them negatively if they do something? That's real even? funny. I'm done with Uber. Anyway, um, <laughs> false. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.